What's happening, hardscapers? This is episode 96 of the How to Hardscape podcast, where we talk to you about how you can start and grow your hardscaping business. And today's show is once again sponsored by Jobber. This is your last chance you have less than a week to go apply to for their grants at boostbyjobber.com. Apply for them now. I'd love to see a member of our community get one of these and to follow up with you about how you were able to use that money to change your business. So go get it, boostbyjobber.com. And today we're joined by Demi Fortuna. He is the Director of Product Information at Atlantic Water Gardens. And we get into today about installing water features into your hardscape projects. We get into the sales aspect, the installation, everything that you'd want to know about this. So without further ado, here's our episode with Demi. Today, we're joined by Demi Fortuna. He is the director of product information at Atlantic Water Gardens, a company that specializes in water features. And that is what we're going to be talking about today with him. Water features, everything from sales, what the benefits are for your clients, uh, and typical installation and what Atlantic has available for hardscapers specifically. Demi, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you, Michael. It's, it's... Demi, let's get started to get to know a little bit more about yourself. What brought you into the industry? What brought you to Atlantic? Can you give our audience a little bit of a background about you? Sure. Uh, actually, I started back in 1985 after doing hurricane cleanups. Uh, the first job that came in in the spring after cleaning up after Hurricane Gloria on Long Island was a pond job. And I talked my boss into doing it by betting him my salary that we would make money on it. Um, we didn't, but luckily i got to do all the us the rest of the landscaping as well so he never figured that out which was a good thing and um from there uh just by word of mouth i became the local pond man and um i got into the other side of the business the manufacturing and equipment side years later with uh atlantic uh where i'm the director of product information but one of the nice things is i've been able to maintain my uh status as a contractor and I build and do product management, for, project management rather for uh, water features to this day, which is, it's great to be able to keep your hand in and, you know, use the products and really know how to, uh, to explain them to folks because you've had that firsthand experience. And that's so huge in this industry is having somebody that actually talks about what they're doing and, uh, you know, having that firsthand knowledge and experience with water features is uh, a definite definite bonus. And with water features, um, you know, I, I explained to you before we jumped on this call that my myself and my business, I'm not installing water features, but am going to start this year. And I'm looking for how, you know, I can approach customers and kind of sell them on a water feature on the experience of having a water feature. So Demi, I want to ask you what the benefits are for our clients in installing a water feature for them what what would you say to a client is a benefit of having a water feature in their backyard well i think the the most um the, the first thing that springs to mind what most people think about with water features is the aesthetic component of being able to see and hear water in motion this is missing from many landscapes which are 
in many ways static. That is beautiful plantings and uh, gorgeous hardscaping, but nothing's in motion until you're actually moving it. Whereas water's always glistening in the sun, uh, falling and making ripples uh, that can be illuminated at night to make incredible shadow effects. Uh, the, the sound of water is very soothing. It's considered therapeutic, so much so that many uh, hospitals are putting in sensory gardens that feature water features because uh, of the, the sound and sight of water being uh, considered a healing uh, property. Interestingly enough, falling water also generates negative ions. So there's a body of thought that says that those negative ions also calm and relax people. Uh, I'm not quite sure you know, how much that is in operation for water features, but most people love the sight and sound of them. There are other benefits as well, though. Uh, you've got environmental benefits uh, besides the obvious ones of cooling an area that's very, very warm, let's say, with um, water vapor evaporating, it drops temperatures, but you also have places for uh, animals to come drink and uh, birds to visit. So we have a lot of people who are very interested in that sort of thing. A uh, buddy of mine in Arizona has pictures of bobcats and, and deer visiting his water feature, which he constructed well back from the house uh, so that he could actually offer these uh, amenities to his desert visitors. Uh, and, and then, of course, uh, water in of itself is that that component that's often missing in our Western gardens that you find in uh, Eastern gardens, in Far Eastern gardens, uh, Chinese gardens, Japanese gardens, uh, always have that, that component of water. It's considered an, an essential uh, of the four elements. You want to make sure that water is one of them. So there's all that. And then there's the fact that water is easy to install and is a remarkable return on a relatively simple investment uh, because people value a water feature quite highly. So that's a wonderful thing for our contractors. Uh, they can put together a relatively simple water feature that's easy to install, uh, and then a charge basically for their artistry and not just the product that's going in. You don't charge uh, by the square foot, for example, for water features. It's your artistry. So uh, you can basically play, be creative and get rewarded for it. I love those points that you brought up. Some of them I'd never heard before. And uh, also, I'm, I'm all about with this podcast, getting these features, these services, these add-ons that we can as hardscapers add on to our job that is not only going to increase our bottom line but is also going to increase uh the customer experience and the or the client experience the uh you know the value that we can deliver our clients and water features fit so perfectly into a hardscape but for you demi where do you see a water feature fitting into a hardscape a patio a backyard or outdoor living space where do you specifically see and maybe you can uh reference specific products that atlantic has uh that we can kind of imagine this i know this is a podcast it's not visual but maybe we can kind of imagine where we can start to insert these different water features in an outdoor space Beautifully said, Michael. Yeah, um, these these are real enhancements to these outdoor spaces. What we've done to make it sort of easy to envision the types of water features you can easily install in a hardscape is split them into those that go into a horizontal surface like a patio and those that go onto a wall. And we just call the first fountains and the second formal spillways. Um, and that's an arbitrary distinction, but it allows us to create a system that has, for example, for fountains, a buried component, usually a fountain basin, 
uh, although we have uh, systems that support up to seven tons. So uh, a simple basin may be perfect for a single basalt column or an overflowing boulder uh, or a, a beautiful tall vase that's illuminated from inside and water running down its sides. And that can be completely hidden in a patio where you have a, a circle in the patio that's a little bit of gravel or even porous pavers. So these work extremely well with porous pavers. And of course, there's the tie-in to rain harvesting for those folks that are interested in that. Uh, and all of these features are set up as a system so that you would choose your own decorative topper uh, of any type because where we started was in creating the infrastructure that allowed a contractor to build a water feature out of just about anything that you could pour water through or on or over or uh, under. And we would set up the infrastructure for them with a kit that would allow them to plummet. We've since gone into decorative toppers as well because we've been requested to. Uh, and we have basalt columns. We have beautiful, uh, an entire suite of copper products that are quite frankly magnificent. They're just beautiful, solid copper bowls and um, that sort of thing, just lovely. And, um, and other toppers as well, but they all fit on the same basis and they're all very, very easy to install. Those are our fountain products. And they would go into, let's say, uh, a fire pit during the summertime. You'd pull out the 30-inch fire pit insert. You drop in a 30-inch basin and put a bubbling boulder in place to cool the area during the summer when maybe you don't want to use a fire. Or drop down a 46-inch diameter basin uh, into a patio and put triple basalt columns up that have uh, lights at the top so that the water bubbling out the top looks like liquid torches. And those colors can be adjusted by the homeowner via a phone application. Or perhaps they want to go a little bigger and underneath a driveway or a, a large space in their backyard where they don't want to see anything on the surface except the water feature. You can hide an EcoBlocks reservoir underneath. EcoBlocks are water matrix blocks designed to hold and support tremendous weight while being 96% void space. So basically they look like closed milk crates you would dig a hole, line it with liner, put your eco blocks inside, cover it back up again, and then you could set a four ton boulder on top and have that as a water feature. So all of those options are available in fountains. That gives the, the hardscaper uh, a lot of, uh, of products to play with for horizontal surfaces. For walls, that's where we've been concentrating lately because we find that this is a very easy place to enhance uh, a little corner that's just a bare wall. Let's say it's a, a little retaining wall towards the back of a hardscape where there might be a little hill behind. Instead of trying to create a stream that, that looks natural and then goes over a hardscape wall and falls into a natural stream below, that transition is difficult. We find that folks are looking towards formal spillways these, way, these days where you might take the cap off that wall, set a color falls or uh, a spillway that's exactly the width of a block width and height of a block. So you might pull out with a four by eight by 12 block, which is a very common size. You might pull out two of them and drop a 24 inch spillway, and then just push a basin up in front of that wall and cover that with say the same or contrasting stone in front. So you have a complete water feature. The only technical challenge, if you might call it that, is to get a pipe from the front basin to the back of the spillway itself. And uh, it's usually a half day job. So people have really responded extremely well to these wall features, which we call formal spillway features. And we have a large number of products to support 
that type of architecture, uh, spouts with all different uh, configurations, diamond shapes, round, oval, square, uh, to complement tile work that might be set on a herringbone or diagonal, that sort of thing. Uh, we have copper and stainless steel spillways. We have color falls, which are a lucite box that is hidden in the rockwork. And all you see is the water coming out and uh, that's illuminated from within the color falls. So the water carries the light down into the basin below, uh, an effect we use quite often from either below or above because that illuminated water at, light, at night rather is just stunning. And we have the copper bowls that I mentioned in all sorts of different sizes and configurations from small spillway bowls up to large 36 inch diameter overflowing basins. Um, so there's a, an awful lot of choice available as well. So the, the contractor would basically decide whether he wanted to offer something in a patio or horizontal surface or on a wall. And the uh, time that we like to, to set up for these installs is about a half a day. We figure if we can give the contractor a kit that has everything needed except the stone uh, and they can install it in a half a day, they can add that easily to their portfolio, not just as a really good opportunity to make additional money, but also to add to the portfolio itself. Water shows better than many other uh, features. A patio, as good as a patio gets, is a patio. But when people see these water features, and they're often very different from anything they've seen before, this is something they they really respond to. So the the picture in the in the portfolio or on the website uh, that goes a long way towards uh, garnering new business as well. I want to take a break from today's episode to thank our sponsor Jobber and I'm excited to share Boost by Jobber, Jobber's new $100,000 grant program which is built to help launch, grow and strengthen small home service businesses. Wherever you are in your business journey, you are invited to apply for grants ranging from $1,000 to $20,000 and in August 2021, Jobber will be announcing 20 recipients. They'll be following along with your story, how the funding has impacted your business and whether you're seeking new equipment, marketing dollars, launching a new service, you are invited to apply. The application only has two questions and an optional video, and I urge you to do that optional video. And you can go to boostbyjobber.com to learn more about this application. And if you're listening to this after May 5th, I still encourage you to go check out Jobber software. Jobber builds award-winning job tracking and customer management software for home service businesses. Now back to our episode. Thinking about the the installation myself with these, and also for anybody listening that maybe uh, has some hesitation getting into installing these water features, um, when it comes to the fountains and you have that fountain basin, are we just digging a hole? Should we prepare a base underneath that much like we would for a patio? Uh, and also, can we sink that, say, basin into a patio area and compact gravel around that basin? Is it going to be able to withstand that? As a matter of fact, it will. Uh, we've designed our basins, the individual basins that we have. There's a 24-inch uh, square, a 32-inch diameter round basin, and a 46-inch uh, diameter uh, larger round basin. These are designed to support weight. So they can go underneath the patio and then the patio itself basically you just prepare the ground dig down but it's only about 14 inches below the bottom surface of your patio they're about 14 inches high and you want the patio to rest on top uh, of the lip all the way around uh, in most cases there's a couple different ways to build them you can go right across the surface with uh, paving stones uh, and just leave the spacing set up for 
permeable paper so water will pass straight through. That's an interesting look because it's sort of magical. And uh, the basin itself will support the distributed load without any trouble. Uh, or you can use these EcoBlocks reservoirs, which just support literally vehicle traffic, if you wish, uh, underneath uh, the proper subgrade. So there's no problem with the preparation. You dig down, you install your basin, 14 to 18 inches deep typically. But for those folks who want to use rainwater harvesting, they may want to set up, for example, a double or triple EcoBlocks basin where they have different layers of EcoBlocks to increase carrying or storage capacity of the rainwater harvesting system. Um, these things all work very well together. Uh, the, uh, the wall work, of course, is, is very similar, but all you're doing basically is adding a basin out in front that can be either set in the ground or at grade so that the, the uh, basin itself is up as a sitting wall. And that's very easy also. Uh, there's no additional preparation necessary. Uh, this is in stark contrast to say the way we used to install, for example, I'm gonna give you a concrete example because we've seen this in Oklahoma. One of our, our contractors, a buddy of mine installed a 36 inch granite sphere. Now in the past, if we had to install something that weighed that much, that's about 2000 pounds, uh, we'd have to build a concrete base. We'd have to set up the plumbing to make this thing overflow. This was a bubbling sphere. The water came out the top. It would have to be set up perfectly so that the plumbing lined up and we'd have to wait a while so that the concrete base would be able to support the weight. Even if we use steel, the basin around this would typically be concrete and we'd have to wait. So it became not just a multi-day installation, but a multi-week installation because of the need to cure concrete. With the eco blocks I've been mentioning, that became a half day job. Basically, the contractor dug down about 18 inches total so that he could be a little below grade because he wanted to cover up the eco blocks with some pebbles around the, uh, around the uh, 36 inch diameter stone. He installed a liner on top of underlayment that protected it with another layer of underlayment on top of the liner to protect the liner from both. Uh, inside and the outside. And then he put in his eco blocks. He set a ring, which we call the eco rise, that distributes the weight uh, down on top of the eco blocks. And he set his 36 inch diameter granite sphere, 2000 pounds of it, right on top. Uh, no problem. And he was able, because the eco rise riser, that round ring that the granite sphere was sitting on, accepts an inch and a half pipe. He was able to put the pipe through the eco riser up into his sphere and move his sphere and adjust it with it running. And he did that in a morning. Uh, the finished work was to backfill around the eco blocks and put, he used Mexican beach pebbles on top around this beautiful white granite sphere. Uh, and it was done in a day. Now, this is in stark contrast to what we used to do as masons to set up a two or 3,000 pound stone in place. And it's basically foolproof because everything, all the, all the peripherals are housed in a pump vault, a small, uh, uh, I don't know what to call it, a small enclosure for the pump that goes alongside the eco blocks where you've got a large lid, you open the lid and the pump is there and autofill is right there in the eco blocks, uh, an ionizer to keep everything uh, completely free of algae is right there. Everything serviced from one spot uh, it's inaccessible to the public. It's either under pebbles or it's bolted down. We have uh, uh, pump vaults that can be secured. And he had a working water feature in a day.
So this is the kind of thing that makes hardscape contractors sit up and, and take notice. It, it only makes the project look so much better. And like you said, it doesn't take a significant amount of time uh, to be able to do that and to add that value to our customers with these water features. Now, uh, continuing on with these installations, uh, you brought up a lot of really interesting ideas and just taking a look at uh, you know, photos online just shows how creative you can be with these water features. Now, when it comes to, say, the copper fountain bowls or the spillways or uh, the basalt columns, is there anything that we need to know about uh, keeping them in place in terms of fastening them or anything like that? Or is the weight of the water, the weight of the unit, is that going to keep it in place for the most part? That's an excellent question. I'm going to give you another. For instance, we were asked to do a tall basalt column installation, three basalt columns, the tallest of which was about five feet tall, one four foot tall, one three foot tall, in a kindergarten courtyard. And we were concerned that uh, rough play or an inadvertent shove might topple an eco block, a, a basalt columns. We weren't concerned about the weight. So these systems are uh, extremely adaptable. What we did there was we took a ring of aluminum flashing uh, around the eco blocks and we poured, uh, and that was, we put a, a piece of landscape fabric on top of the eco blocks themselves so the concrete wouldn't fall through. So um, when we installed the basalt columns on top of the landscape fabric, we put this ring of flashing around and we poured cement around the base and worked it up a few inches higher than the ring which was only four inches of flashing. So we had about an eight inch ring of cement. And we use a very strong Portland mix with fiber reinforcement. So we don't have to worry about it cracking. Uh, and we left places for uh, lights in that, in that cement so that we could you know, just drop a light in with a little piece of conduit so we could bring, uh, just run the cords through. And that allowed us to make a completely secure single piece, a monolith out of these three basalt columns. Uh, you can do this. There's a, there's a lot of ways to adapt uh, these situations if you have to worry about uh, stability. But frankly, unless you're talking about something that is five feet tall, uh, where there's some leverage at the top where you might topple these down, the, 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 uh, something like the copper bowls, the 36-inch copper bowl, when full, uh, weighs close to 1,000 pounds. It's not going anywhere. Uh, most of these units are in uh, the the substrate or in the wall uh, in a way that they can't be messed with. So they're extremely good for commercial applications as well as homeowner applications because the opportunity for vandalism or damage just isn't there. All of your peripherals are buried. Your uh, your bowl on top, perhaps somebody might come along with uh, sawzall and try and remove that. But uh, the rest of the, the the spillways, the color falls, the spouts, they all mount in the wall itself. So there's no way for them to be damaged. And the pump is down in the ground. Nobody even knows where it is. So there's no opportunity for that to be messed with. And the nice thing about these features, and we hadn't really touched on it, is they are basically extremely low maintenance because the basins can be filtered. The color falls basins, for example, are formal spillways basins or hardscape basins are double filtered so that nothing can get in to mess with the pump. It never clogs. Uh, if you have hard water, you have to keep an eye on whether or not lime scale will build up, but that's about the only thing you have to worry about. You've got an auto fill down in there, so it keeps the, uh, the, the feature topped off automatically with an ionizer set up 
so that you have to replace the uh, electrodes every couple of years. You, you put a small amount of copper into the water and we're talking about parts per million and not even a whole part per million. Uh, complete algae control is assured at a at third of a part per million in the water. These things can go a couple years uh, before the electrodes are replaced. They're inexpensive and they completely control algae on all the surfaces and the water. So these are basically maintenance free as well as sturdy, dependable, and pretty much vandal proof. That's incredible. And uh, what about in the wintertime? Do we need to worry about anything uh, before, uh, I guess, winter comes? Well, most of the time, uh, we don't build these with check valves. So when you turn them off, they self-drain. That's the color falls, the, uh, the spouts, the spillways, the copper bowls all drain. They drain down into a basin that's literally 14 to 18 inches underground or more because the basins can go deeper if you need more storage capacity. So typically uh, the pump is the only thing that you remove. And in many cases, south of the Canadian border, you don't need to do that either. In fact, in the Toronto area, you can leave your uh, pump usually in the, in the underground basin. But if you do wanna remove it, it's a matter of literally unscrewing a union or uh, a quick twist of a screwdriver and the pump comes out uh, in all one, one piece and you can put it away in the garage till spring. That's the only winterizing you have to do with these. Incredible. And just to verify the, the level of the water, I know you touched on that. Uh, I, I, I know this question comes up with a customer to a contractor. Uh, the level of water, does that need to be maintained at all? Or is that if, if, if we get a rainfall, is that going to correct itself? And, and how does it, how does it work this, uh, if, if there is a rainfall or if the water does need to be topped up? So what we like to see, and this depends on the individual contractor, is the installation of an autofill. The autofill is a very small float switch. Uh, it's a mechanical switch. There's nothing electronic about it. There's nothing to go wrong. Doesn't need to be plugged in. It works rather like a toilet bowl float in that the float uh, hangs down if there's no water below it to push it upwards. As the water rises, the float rises and shuts off a very small valve uh, that puts in about a, a gallon and a half a minute. Uh, this installs to the nearest sprinkler system is what we recommend either on its own line, if you have that luxury, or off the nearest line that goes on periodically. And if the float calls for water when that zone goes on, it fills up the, the system. These are relatively small systems without, in many cases, without the water showing. So this is a nice way of having the system, which uh, might be buried under gravel, uh, just keep itself topped off automatically. When it rains, we like to set the autofill so that we can accommodate rain before the autofill comes on. Uh, we also like to see some kind of overflow uh, if water flowing out of the basin would be messy or in, in some way inconvenience the, the homeowner or the installation. Uh, so basically between the autofill and an overflow, you're all set. Now you don't have to have a sprinkler system. You can hook the overflow to any half inch pipe or to the garden hose. Uh, we give you fittings for, for everything. So homeowners can hook it right up to uh, a Y fitting on their hose and just uh, uh, you know keep it topped off while they're using the other side of the Y fitting for their watering or, or other needs. Uh, so it's very, very simple to set up. Uh, and uh, the overflow is typically a luxury for most folks because they just let it overflow when it rains. It usually can't do any damage in a hardscape. 
but you, you have that opportunity to put in an overflow. There are provisions in all of our installations for ways to make these completely autonomous as far as water goes. This is great stuff, uh, Demi. And the the last thing I have questions about in terms of installation would be the power supply. Would this be, work something similar to that of a outdoor landscape lighting installation? Uh, what would that that power supply install kind of look like for a water feature? Most of the time, you're talking about a simple GFI protected 15 amp circuit. Uh, this is the standard circuit you'd find outside. We want it GFI protected because we're talking about water, but you should know that many of our pumps, all of the OASA pumps, are, are ground fault protected themselves by having a metal grounding plate built into the pump that goes directly to ground. So they're doubly ground protected, but you still put it in GFI. None of our pumps actually exceed that 15 amp rating, except for one huge. 220 volt pump uh, that actually draws uh, a little more power. And that's for pretty massive installations, very high, very far away or, or high pressure requirements. Uh, all of the other pumps are very, very economical to run on for what we've been talking about today. They don't draw two amps, uh, the largest of them. So the 15 amp circuit is more than enough. And the second uh, outlet will serve to plug in uh, a small a 12 volt transformer to power lighting. All of our systems can be illuminated. Many of them like the color falls come with internal uh, illumination, uh, both warm white and InfraColor or, or RGB, infinitely adaptable and programmable uh, lighting systems. And um, all of those colors or all of those lights can be synchronized. Now you can you know, run different colors on uh, the three different zones of an InfraColor transformer and do red, white, and blue, or, uh, you know, different colors for uh, different uh, celebrations, uh, sports colors, that sort of thing, or uh, link them to the rest of the landscape. So uh, you have a lot of options there also, and they require basically that one 15 amp transformer, uh, 15 amp circuit rather, uh, to drive both the transformer and the pump. Excellent stuff. And I like to say, I like to tell people that just listening to an episode like this will provide them the knowledge to at least speak confidently to their customers to sell a client on a water feature. But if you have uh, somebody come up to you, a contractor, a hardscaper and ask you, how do you sell a client on a water feature? What would you say to them? I try and convey visual images by describing what the water feature will look like. But I encourage all of my customers to go take a look at photographs and videos, uh, both uh, strict beauty shots and of course, install videos uh, that are available online. Now, uh, for my customers, I have a Facebook page. I I'm afraid I, I don't have my website up, which is a real oversight for me because it's pondman.com, which is a great name that I've never actually put in place. But uh, the Facebook page shows them pictures of their applications uh, in use. And then the videos are, are very, I think, informative. And most people, even if they just skim through, will be very comfortable after seeing not only the beauty images in the beginning and the end of the video, but the simple steps take, uh, that taken to, to make the, video, the, uh, the, the feature itself work. So uh, for example, for the project bundles, we've just finished a series of videos uh, install videos where we literally film the whole thing in uh, double speed so you can see every stone going to place 
uh, in a hardscape. This is the these project bundles add water to a variety of different hardscape applications. The ones we're talking about are into walls, our formal spillway project bundles. Uh, so you can see, you know, the copper bowl sitting on top of the wall, and then exactly how to plumb it. And that's uh, very reassuring to the customer. Not only do they get a feel for the aesthetics, but also uh, how it's going to work and how it how it runs. A lot of people don't realize that all of our water features recirculate water. Uh, just a quick funny aside, in Southern California, water features were declared illegal because it was assumed that you turned on the, the tap, ran water into this feature, and it would overflow into the landscape continuously. And of course, when uh, the various uh, California landscape associations corrected that misconception, uh, water features were once again, once again allowed because they are very conservative of water. Uh, water feature uses less water in evaporation and splash, what have you, than lawn, period, uh, in pretty much every application. So um, these are, are conservative as well. That's incredible. And Demi, you've answered all my questions expertly. Uh, this was a great interview. Now, where would you direct uh, our hardscapers, our audience, our community to go take a look in terms of uh, they haven't installed a water feature before. What what should they be looking at in terms of products that Atlantic Water Gardens has to offer? I'm so glad you asked that. Actually, we have a number of resources for the first time builder. I uh, have a written a, a simple guide to water features called Atlantic Water Gardens University that's on the web that takes folks through every facet of water gardening and water features. Uh, it's being revamped actually as we speak and we're adding all sorts of stuff because we constantly add new opportunities. In this case, the hardscape opportunities have exploded in the years uh, between the original publication. So we constantly update it, but we have a ton of stuff going in for hardscaping. Uh, I would then uh, counsel them to take a look at the website and the products and take a special look at the installation videos because they can get a real feel after they've seen the galleries of what it takes to put these things together. Um, and then uh, basically we offer our services and there are a number of people like me in the field uh, that whose numbers are on the website, uh, Sean Bell in the Northeast and uh, Jim Chubb up in the Midwest and Frayne McAtee in, in the Northwest, a number of people who are delighted to talk to you about specifying and setting up water features. So if you have any questions, uh, there are resources. Uh, I'm one of them. Uh, my, my cell phone is on the web and I get calls all the time. Demi, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your day to join us here to add your value to our community. So on behalf of us, thank you so much. It's been my great pleasure, Michael. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode. Visit us at howtohardscape.com for more information on the subject. Let us know what you want to learn about in future episodes by just reaching out to us on our social channels. We are at howtohardscape everywhere and contact at howtohardscape.com on our email. We'd love it if you subscribe to our podcast, left us a rating and review wherever you can. And I just want to say thank you to Jobber for sponsoring these past few episodes as well as giving back to the community 
with their grant program. So go check them out at boostbyjobber.com and check out those grants. Once again, I'd love it to see somebody from our community walk away with one of those and to change their business with that. And if you already have applied, go check them out at getjobber.com, their award-winning software that they have there for home service businesses. And we look forward to meeting you next week on the How to Hardscape podcast.